Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 36 Blue Jays Nation Radio. And guess what? We're in person. We are. It's, this is actually, this kind of feels like it's episode one. It does. This is the first one we've done not remotely. I'm back in Ed Money right now. We you were are. recording uh, everyone's favorite Edmonton-based Toronto Blue Jays podcast in person. We are back. That's right. That's me. This is exciting. This I haven't exciting. recorded a podcast in person with someone in what feels like forever, like aside from doing like a radio show and all that shit, but like sitting down here, got the board, two mics, going to talk Jays for 30 minutes. This feels nice. This feels natural. It does feel nice. I mean, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been in this office since August of 2019 before I moved for my, for my abroad trip. Mm-hmm. And then there was the pandemic. So even when I was back in Edmonton for that few months last fall, we, nobody was at Little Brick, so I didn't come. But yeah, it's my first time here in like two years, and everything is exactly how it was when I left, which so, is incredible. So background info on this, obviously, Blue Jays Nation, the parent company, which owns Oilers Nation, is uh, ran out of Edmonton, which is where I live, which is where Coombsy did live before he moved to Toronto. Um, and now we're back in the office. So we're just like surrounded by a bunch of old Oilers shit. And that's pretty much it. And like a weird fucking St. Louis Blues jersey. That's a Steve jersey. Mason jersey. You mean Chris Mason? Yes. Chris Mason, St. Louis Blues, Blues. I think it's autographed Chris Mason jersey. There's a lot of pictures of... Um, Jeez, this is so irrelevant to like our listeners. I was going to be like, oh, pictures yeah. of Chris the intern on the wall. And people, who the fuck is that? But they probably will know. Let's be real here. There's a lot of crossover between our listeners. Yeah, probably. I think it's, probably. I think it's mostly Oilers, Blue Jays fans who listen to this, I think. Uh, no, I bet you there's a good amount of people who aren't Oilers fans who, who are Blue Jays Nation fans. I don't know. I'd be interested, though. I think there's got to be a few. There's no way everyone that listens to yeah, this pod true. is like the hybrid Oilers Blue Jays fan. <laughs> Yeah, um, although that would be like a very niche podcast to start well, with. That's what I was kind of. Yeah. kind of what I thought our niche was. I was like, we're the Edmonton-based Blue Jays podcast, <laughs> which is a hilarious fucking niche to have. But. Oh yeah. Um, anyways, our audio quality is going to be better today than it ever has been for any of the other podcasts while we're like on Zoom and shit. So yeah. that's also cool. You don't just have me sitting in my like non-AC apartment with a fan playing loudly yeah. beside, or not a fan playing, a fan like spinning loudly beside yeah. me and me like me, me wiping my face with my shirt. And we, 
this is one of the more exciting moments or times in the Blue Jays season, and we spent the first like two and a half, three minutes here just like bullshitting. Uh, but let's dig into this bad boy because that George Springer home run was one of the most electrifying moments in my like Blue Jays fandom. That was fucking sick. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was incredible. That was that was his signature Blue Jays moment already. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, his, his, his career with the team obviously got off to an unfortunate start with the injury, but I mentioned this when we talked about uh, Springer probably around like the all-star break when we were looking back at what had happened so far this year, and it was kind of like, okay, Springer came back, he hasn't been that good even when he was healthy, you know, he's, you know this just isn't the guy that, that we thought we were getting, but then I thought, just wait for this guy to heat up. When the pressure starts for this team, when things start to get real, when you know the games really matter he is going to step up that's who he is he's you know former world series mvp this guy's got all kinds of experience that's why they signed him and it is not at all shocking that of all the guys to come through in that moment and hit the largest home run of 2021 thus far was george springer yeah like if they go on a run here and do make the postseason which i think like obviously it's becoming increasingly more likely by the day they go nine and two on that homestand which is unreal it was slightly predictable but even like a very optimistic view of that 11 game stretch back at the Rogers center, like eight and three would have been like awesome. I, we probably would have taken seven that. and four, even seven like. and four would have been like, Hey, fucking rights. There's three games over 500 on home. So we would have still been fired up about that. But nine and two, we kept talking about how like, they're going to have to go on a heater to get back in this. And this was a heater. We'll get into some of the nuances of it in three up, three down, but it just felt so nice to see them winning ball games back at the dome. And then for it to kind of be capped off, with that home run by Springer again at a moment where I didn't, I personally, at least watching the game on TV, didn't feel like for a lot of that game, they had any sort of real momentum going. No. Vladdy hit the home run and it was like, okay, like they're still maybe in this, but it, I didn't have like a comeback feeling or anything like that for him to do that. And for them to pull out a win that, you know, maybe they didn't deserve because Ryu didn't pitch very good. There was some moments in the game where they missed on opportunities for them to pull out that win against the Red Sox, it's just massive. And it's going to be one of those moments if they get into the postseason that we look back on and go, that one specifically changed the season. Yeah, 100%. Because coming out of that four-game series with a 2-2 two and two against the Red Sox would have been thoroughly disappointing, especially mm -hmm. after, you know, the Friday game. They kicked the shit out of them. And then there was the first game on Saturday, Semyon's walk-off. And then, you know, they lost the second game despite a very good pitching performance. It was, you know, unfortunate. But if they had gone 2-2, two and two, that would have been gross. And it's just, yeah, like, to circle back to the Springer home run, it's like, I don't, th I can't think of very many moments from this season where they've had a huge game-changing late home run or rally. He's a Semyon walk-off on Saturday and then a Springer yeah. three-run bomb in the eighth inning on Sunday. I can't think of very many other ones. There was like there was a Bobachet walk-off or yeah. against the Yankees earlier this year might have been a walk-off. It was. In Dunedin. Yeah, and, it was down in Dunedin. Uh, otherwise, I can't remember them doing like any late inning rallies at all. They've been hilariously not clutch. And maybe that's starting to change because again, part of that is well and it, it, it might sound whatever, like old school or like cliche, but... I think that's something that confidence has a role in. Like you go, you get this walk off or you get this home run against Boston. And I think it just gives you maybe a little bit more swagger in the later innings, which is surprising to say about this team because they ooze swagger. But I mean, yeah, let's go to this. Like Reese McGuire bat flipped a yes. walk, man. And sick. like, that's something that's worth mentioning as well. Like Bravik Valera 
when he started getting into the lineup a couple weeks ago, I was kind of like, why the fuck is this guy yeah, like, playing? Why not Kevin Smith? Like, what are we doing here? Why not Kevin Smith? I'd prefer Santiago Espinal, but he came through and actually had some really, really big moments. Uh, in their nine-run fifth inning, he had some great moments. And then, obviously, to get the hit, that allowed McGuire to come up. That allowed McGuire to have a nine-pitch AB that resulted in a walk that brought Springer to the plate. Like, the dominoes that had to fall to get Springer up to bat, it's worth giving shout-outs to Valera and especially McGuire. Oh, that, that McGuire at bat was... Yeah, it, it, it takes you back to like the 2015 and 2016 teams, more so the 2015 teams, because the 2016 team was pretty frustrating and also yeah. not clutch. But that Maguire bat was honestly like, it, it's it's damn near just as important as the Springer home run, right? I mean, you have this guy who's your number nine hitter. He's not very good. But then he comes up and puts together that at bat, just so patient, such like a... it was such The like, mindset of just yeah. staying alive. Like, he, you could tell he was shortening up his swing, and it was like, I'm just going to just wanted to get on base yeah. for Springer. Like, he wasn't trying to be a hero. And you see so many times, what was frustrating earlier this year is it seemed like even the shitty bottom of the order hitters were trying to hit go yard all the time. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, here's Reese McGuire just like fouling balls off, taking pitches, and getting on base to set the table for George Springer, who's batting leadoff, which... Is cool as fuck. And also, George Springer batting leadoff, right? Like, yes. it's, hap- it's been happening for a few weeks, but, like, this is kind of what the pro Springer yes. in leadoff camp was screaming about. It was, it's, 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 that's when they signed him. It sometimes like, this is, this is what I, you want. I feel like sometimes there's people that just overcomplicate what it means to be a leadoff hitter. Like, yes, you need to be the first batter of the game, but also, you're going to get to bat the most. When the lineup flips over, you get to bat that extra time, right? Like, I, don't, I think having Springer there has obviously worked out great, and it's an absolute no-brainer. Like that shit should never change for like the duration of his contract. Yes, he should play. He should he should bat lead off every game for the rest of his career, no matter what. Absolutely. Um, let's get into three up, three down, and we're gonna keep on feeling good. This is presented by Twig and Berries. Check them out, twigandberries.ca. That promo code Nation15 gets you fifteen percent off. Uh, I'm gonna start with Jordan Romano who there were some questions about him coming into this series against Boston, and he sort of took those took that negativity, and he's quieted it right down. He picked up a couple of saves against the Red Sox, the first one coming in the one nothing victory in the first half of the doubleheader, where he struck out two, did not allow a hit, did not allow a walk. And then, after George Springer, you know, electrifies the crowd, Romano has to come out, and that's like a pretty pressure that situation. When your team gets that clutch home run, you need a closer slash reliever because I know the Jays maybe technically don't have a closer or whatever Montoyo says, but you need to come out there with the crowd absolutely buzzing and you need to like not disappoint them. And I thought he did a great job there. Again, struck out two hitters, didn't allow a hit, didn't allow a walk, picks up the save. Great moment from Jordan Romano. Yeah, that was huge because could you imagine if Springer hit that home run and whatever reliever came in, crapped the bet after that? That would have been demoralizing. That would have been fucked. It would have felt like the end of the season. It would have felt like would have been yeah. Yeah, it would have felt like death. It mm-hmm. would have been like we're no longer playing games for the rest of the year. We're going back to Buffalo. Nobody wants this. This is this sucks. Yeah. Like that's what it would have felt like. And yeah, it was it was a little nerve wracking because I remember um, Romano's outing. It was in the Cleveland game where they were up like eight nothing and they ended mm-hmm. up winning eight six. He came in after um, oh which one was it? Was it Kirby Snead or was it um? The other guy, fuck, what's his name? The I other random, really Tyler Sacedo, yeah, he came yeah. and he, he, he had a complete meltdown and then Romano came in and that was one of his, you know, if you look back at his, his, his game by game since the beginning of July, it's a lot of bad outings and there's a lot of worry that, all right, is this guy kind of 
feeling the negative ramifications of the um, sticky stuff crackdown. But now back to back, very good outings against Boston. That's got you feeling good. So it's like, okay. Thankfully, we have at least this guy at the back of the bullpen. It seems like there's a lot more options now than there used to be. Like, Brad Hand is one you'd like to be better. He's an actual closer, but he hasn't been that great. But you have, like, Adam Simber and Trevor Richards. And yeah. Romano seems to be heating up again, which is nice. And because it's unfortunate, also, Tim Mays is on the injured list now. So they really do need Romano. Like, they, he, he is on this team, I think, the ideal closer. Speaking of good relievers, Rafael Dolis was pretty solid yes. as well. He came in before Romano, and he actually ends up picking the win, picking up the win in that series finale against Boston. He went in inning in a third. He allowed one hit. He struck out a pair as well. Um, nice to see him, you know, maybe finding his groove back here for this Blue Jays team. Um, he also pitched in uh, the first game of the series, pitched one in the third, allowed one hit, uh, did issue two walks, struck out two. Uh, so not a great performance in the opener, but he finished off the series pretty well. Again, just another guy here. Like The more functioning, trustworthy arms you have in the pen, the less stressful this stretch drive will be. Um, and having Dolis kind of turn it on and turn it around will be important. Yeah, the, the thing with Dolis is we, we have a very short memory. I mean, everybody yeah. wanted this guy gone. You know, two, three weeks ago when he had a meltdown against, oh, geez, who was that meltdown? Yeah, it was against Tampa Bay. He came in, only got one out, allowed three runs, looked like a complete mess. And everyone forgets, last year this guy was good. He was, I think he was their best reliever last year. And it might be a little jarring sometimes to watch. He, you know, he pitches super slow and it takes forever. And then he walks a guy, but he does seem to get out of it. He has, you know, strikeout stuff and he does find a way. And I think now it is since he came off the injured list, I think he's had six seven or eight appearances now and he hasn't allowed a run so pretty good it's not bad lots of positives pretty good um we're gonna roll with pitching for the final part of three up three down here and that's because in that double header it was an opportunity to steal two games from the red sox in a matter of hours and they got the pitching to do it it was actually their offense that let them down because jose barrios went six innings only allowed one earned struck out six robbie ray through six innings of shutout ball, only walked a pair there as well. Um, only allowed a couple of hits on top of that. Like Robbie Ray and Jose Barrios were just absolutely electric in that seven inning doubleheader. And really, that was more than enough for them to have won both those games. It's just a bit of a shame the offense didn't come through. But the point being, the pitching wasn't up. Yeah, it's kind of funny that of the, the best two pitching performances they got this weekend, one of those ones. You can argue Barrios was the best pitching performance. Probably Ray, Ray was probably better. But it's funny that he doesn't end up with a W because, you know, Ryu's game, he was quite bad, yeah. as we'll get into in a minute. And they picked up the W. Alec Manoa, it was kind of a grind. It looked like they were at a time that that game was going to end up in a loss as well. But they did pick up the win. And then the, the one game where the bats don't show up, or I, I guess there was two kind of because mm -hmm. Ray as well. But yeah, the Barrios game. But you can't really complain about the effort that Barrios gave them. And now we've seen him pitch twice since the trade, and he's been excellent in both starts. So, I mean, no complaints there, that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully he can keep that rolling uh, down the stretch here. Let's go to the downs. You mentioned Ryu, and it was kind of ugly there in that uh, series finale for a while. He didn't even get out of the fourth inning. Um, he allowed 10 hits, seven earned runs, Yikes. and only struck out one batter. Uh, this better not be a sign of things to come. 
for Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, I wonder if it just has something to do with the fact the Red Sox saw him recently. Because, yeah. yeah, it was June 29th. It was that 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 big game the Jays had where they won 13-1. to Ryu went six innings, allowed only two hits, didn't walk anybody, five strikeouts, really good performance. And then, you know, it's less than two weeks later they see him again. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe. But we've seen this from Ryu this year. He has bad starts occasionally. It's no longer 2022 Hyunjin Ryu where he's automatically very good every single time. There's going to be blips in the radar. It is what it is, but he's been more good than bad since the All-Star break. I mean, the Boston start was bad. His start against Cleveland was good. His start against mm-hmm. Boston there was good. Even that one against the Mets wasn't that bad. It was a lot of just like getting Babbitt to death. The start against Texas was amazing. So five starts since the All-Star break, three of them good, one eh, one bad. Yeah, it's fine. You can if, if he does that every like five games, that's your cycle. You can live with it. We're going to have some more uh, talk about relievers and some injury news on the positive front, potentially. Uh, But Tim Miza goes down. And again, we talk about how you can never have enough trustworthy relievers in your pen. And him going down definitely hurts. Like, that's a guy who, when he took to the mound, you kind of breathed the sigh of relief. Yeah, this it's really unfortunate. His, um, you, you really hope for not just the sake of the team, but the sake of this guy that yeah. this isn't like a big thing for him. Cause you know, you see that the, the it's, it's elbow inflammation he has. So that's, that's very vague. You, you see guys going on with elbow inflammation all the time, but then you also suddenly see guys get this and then disappear for quite some time. Like I think it was David Phelps went on with this kind of yeah. injury and, you know, missed the entire season. And yeah, Mays had been unreal. He, you know, he cracked the team out of spring training. It was kind of a bit of a surprise to do so. I think most People thought his career was probably over when his arm like snapped that one game in 2019, but he came back and then he was good and then he was really bad and then he sorted it out and became very good again. And he had been arguably their best reliever for like a month there when they were struggling. He really pulled it together. And now without Mesa, they don't really have a great lefty back there right now. So you really have to hope that Brad Hand, who they acquired at the trade deadline, can step up and be good because this is a very big hole. Yeah, they're going to need to continue to have guys stepping up. They're going to need guys to get back healthy. Uh, Ryan Barucki was sent down as well because he was not uh, pitching up to caliber. So, you know, getting more arms going again, I'll sound like a broken record. Like they're going to need that here down the stretch. And it can't just be one or two guys. Can't just be Romano coming in for the ninth and hoping that the starters can carry him to that point or the bats can carry him to that point. Like you're going to need some quality relievers. Uh, No real news on Nate Pearson recently since we last recorded, Uh, but a bit of news on Julian Merriweather. And that came via Scott Mitchell, who uh, said that Merriweather is, you know, potentially inching closer to a return to the Blue Jays bullpen. Obviously, we saw him in the first series of the season, and it was absolutely incredible. He was the talk of the town. And uh, what Mitchell says is Merriweather is on his way back after multiple oblique setbacks. He's throwing bullpens and progressing towards live ABs. Merriweather told Mitchell, quote, this next week's going to be a big one. If I come out feeling really good, that's going to be a huge sign that I'm pretty much game ready. He uh, Mitchell went on to add that that would game ready would be like rehab game ready. But if you're rehab game ready, that's the final step towards potentially getting back in the bullpen. Like, is like could we have Merriweather back in the pen by September one? Because it's starting to sound like we might. Yeah, that would that would certainly be something. I mean, You're pessimistic about him, though. I am. Yeah, I, I I've been teased too much by this guy. I yeah. I was all in on Julian Merriweather back in April. I was like, this guy is the best reliever in Major League Baseball. Fuck everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then you know he pitched those like four games and was insanely yeah. good. Got injured, and as soon as he got injured, it was like, oh no. 
like based on his his entire career thus far it's very very hard to be optimistic about anything injury related with julian merriweather i mean like since they acquired him in the donaldson trade in that was 2017 um it feels like he's pitched like 12 innings in total i mean he hardly pitched in the minors those years after that they got him while he was injured and then last year he was injured a bunch and came up late in the season this year he started and he's been injured again it's like uh geez like it's it's it, it is genuinely difficult to be optimistic but this is this is so obvious but if 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 he does come back and he's anywhere near as good as he was in april then jesus christ that's a huge huge win for the the bullpen because it's basically like acquiring the closer they didn't at the trade deadline, yeah. right? You know, people wanted them to go and get like Craig Kimbrell or something like that lockdown guy. That's basically what this is, like that kind of addition. Yeah, hopefully he can be that electric because like if you can come down sort of the stretch there of a ball game, like let's say it's the traditional, you know, your starter goes six strong, you need a seventh, an eighth, and a ninth. Well, I mean, if your seventh, eighth, and ninth can be like Simber, Merriweather, Romano, I trust that. Like, I really trust that as a three-man sort of run through. And then you got Brad Hand kicking around as well. If you want to use him, we talked about Delise potentially rounding into form. Like, there's all of a sudden a ton, you know, Joaquin Soria when he gets healthy as well. Like, there's, it's very easy to see a scenario where this bullpen not only just, like, becomes competent, but, like, thrives and is a strength for them. It's just, it's got to get to that point. We didn't even talk about Nate Pearson factoring into a situation like that as well. Like, there's so much potential here all of a sudden compared to where they were, like, three months ago but it's just gotta get there man if you get nate pearson and julie julia merriweather both back both healthy both at 100 percent, they'll never lose a game again like never. how would they <laughs> no never again I'm, I'm just looking back at merriweather's game logs now and i'm just looking at these three games he had and it's just sick that game against the yankees on the first one inning three strikeouts i think he struck them all out in like 11 pitches yeah second game two strikeouts and then the third game he goes against the angels two innings like oh man this guy was unreal like let, let let's hope he comes back and has that kind of showing in september it'd just be so good uh the last part of three up three down that we didn't get to was just the fact that i mean jays are eight and two in their last 10 they're doing everything in their power to get back in this playoff race the biggest issue for them like they're still seven back of the american league east because the fucking rays and yankees won't stop winning both the rays and yankees are eight and two in their last 10 as well super frustrating to see the jays going and racking up all these wins and two of the teams they're chasing are like oh yeah we're just doing the exact same shit oakland's eight and two in their last 10 as well they've gotten to play some shitty teams but that's that's the difficult one is i think given the trade deadline the yankees had it wasn't it's not a shock that they're going to start winning games and the rays are good so they're going to win games though I, I, I had kind of hoped the Rays might uh, peter off a bit with the pitching injuries they've had with uh, Glasnow going going down. I think he's having Tommy John. Yeah. So I, you know, obviously don't cheer for injuries, but, you know, you see a key member of the Rays get hurt and you're like, mm, well, this is this is good for the Jays. But it's nice to see at least one team, the Red Sox, who are frauds imploding because yeah. the Jays need two of these these four teams, Tampa, New York, Boston or Oakland. Two of these teams have to have not necessarily have to crater being like cratering would make life easier but two have to be worse than the jays the rest of the way so the other nice part about the jays though is that they have some games in hand on boston specifically oh they have a game in hand on the yankees actually which they'll make up tomorrow so like you know with just controlling their own fate they'll move into a tie with the yankees with just controlling their own fate they could gain pretty much the two and a half that they need to on the or two of the games that they need to on the Boston Red Sox, which is really interesting. And they have two games in hand on Oakland as well. And they play so, Oakland. Yeah. And they play Oakland coming up. So there's just by, you know, winning their own ball games and taking care of their own shit. 
The Jays are right, right in this. Like it's, it went from, and that's the plus side of this eight and two run. It went from being like, oh man, the Jays got to get hot to get back in the race to like, okay, they got hot and they are back in this race, like legitimately. And it's hilarious to see like MLB.com puts out their power rankings and the Jays are like fucking 14th. And you're like, what's going on here? Like they're right on the verge of a playoff spot. They have the second best run differential in the freaking American league. And they're like still considered average by people outside the market. I don't get it. I know that's stupid. That's just why you should never put any thought or any stock into that kind of shit. It's just content to like actively piss people off. I think (laughs) I'll be totally honest. I would assume that like the thought going into writing that was like, let's bother blue Jays fans when they're at their highest point in the season. Yeah. I think, I think, Actually, like looking at the standings now, it almost seems like we're going to end up with the AL playoff picture that we pretty much exactly expected at the beginning of the year, which was either the Rays or the Yanks win the East. And whichever one of those two that doesn't win is one of the wild cards and the Jays either wild card. Like that's that's how it's moving now. And that's what we thought in March. I I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, like, what do you think is going to happen here? And I think that's bang on. I honestly think that's what will be. It'll be the Jays going into whatever city, either Tampa Bay or New York. Which would you rather do? I take New York. I, 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 I think they could win in New York. Like, short porch, their power. I mean, the Yankees have power as well. I'm not saying yeah. they don't. But against the Rays at the Trop, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah, I don't trust that shit at all. But, like, it would also be... <laughs> imagine the momentum going into, like, the ALDS. If you exercised your demons in the Trop and beat oh. them, like, 8-1 in a fucking wild game. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, yeah, who, obviously. Who would the Rays start in that game? Because Glasnow's out. Didn't they trade Rich? Oh, no. It would be that lefty that always fucks the Jays up. Yarbrough. Oh, yeah. They would definitely go with Ryan He has a 4 7 ERA against everybody, or like in total. And I swear his ERA against the Jays is a zero. Yeah. He has never allowed a run against the Jays, and he never will. And it's fucked. It doesn't make any sense. Um, But like, man, Garrett Cole versus Robbie Ray or Jose Barrios. Wild card game. Yankee Stadium. That'd be like a pretty sweet, like theater like it'd be alec cool. manoa wild card game starts it's funny i was i was talking uh i had like a family thing on the weekend i was talking to my cousin and i we had this exact same conversation where it was like ray versus cole and he said the same thing he goes manoa yeah honestly like it, it would be nuts to throw alec manoa into that situation but you just never know if the jays you know they're 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 in a late season push and you can't be moving things around to pick your starter and it just lands on alec manoa i i, I would absolutely love to see him in that game that'd be sick I think he's got, like, the swagger and the confidence to take it and thrive, right? Like, you remember in 2015, like, a youngish Marcus Stroman coming in and pitching the games that he did. Like, sometimes with a young pitcher, Manoa has the confidence and I'll even say cockiness of, like, a 10-year superstar veteran, right? He does. Pouncing around the mound, like, jumping around. Like, it's it's awesome. And I love, too, the thing I love about Manoa... And when he gets an out at the end of an inning, like most pitchers just calmly walk off. He like fucking runs off every time, like puts his head down and gets off the field as fast as he can. It always makes me laugh. Oh, I, I do think if we had our choice, it would have to be the ace, Robbie Ray. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably, hard to argue that because that guy is, Barrios, though, like it, it depended, like the rest of the season would obviously make that decision. Here we are so excited about the Springer home run <laughs> that we're like trying to plan who's going to start the wild card Yo, game. What do you want the lineup to look like? <laughs> Is Corey Dickerson playing? Like, what? What's the plan here? Espinal? Like, what? Maybe you. Maybe you bring up one of the young guys. Need Kevin Smith in the mix. Get some. I don't want Kevin Biggio in the lineup. No, I wouldn't have Kevin. So we gotta. We lineup. gotta. I gotta sit down and write this. Maguire's. Out. Maguire's your starting catcher going forward. I think. Yeah. Reese Maguire's playing. I mean, yeah, but Kirk game. could get in the picture too. Springer's leading off. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, Springer. Yeah. Vladdy number two. Or are we moving back down? I don't no. know if he's comfortable. Number Spring, two. Springer, Vladdy. Semyon Bichette, don't mess with that. Yeah. Although I, I, I don't mind the idea one, of yeah. moving up Bichette one and pushing Semyon back one. I like Dickerson in there too. Yeah, get a lefty bat in there. 
what, what, are we, what are we doing? How many people are like just rolling their eyes at this conversation, being like, "Shut up!" You. This is going to be idiots. such a bad old take exposed. <laughs> when the Jays get swept don't by the don't, 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 don't put that in the universe. Yeah, I don't, well, don't want to hear it. Uh, let's get into up next. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Promo code BJN Pod DD BJN Pod P O D and then DD. Gets first-time users of the app, 25% off and no delivery fees. Go download DoorDash today. Uh, Coombsy, you're in Edmonton. That means you can get some delicious oodle noodle in you, which sure. is an Edmonton staple. Uh, <laughs> when you're in Toronto, what are you ordering off DoorDash? What's your go-to? Uh, there's a handful of things. There's a Vietnamese sub place near me called Bon Me Boys, which is fantastic. Right. I quit like right. Osmos as well. Little, oh, uh, Osmos. Yeah, they, they're the ones who always have those commercials with, so uh, with, with the Raptors in them, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I Osmos is really about. good. Yeah, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, the LA Angels are the opponent it is four games in three days for the jays against la they are out on the west coast so let me add this you picked a fantastic yes. time to come back to the mountain time zone. i planned this trip <laughs> this is so fucking lame but <laughs> I planned this trip because they didn't have any uh, they didn't have any home games in toronto so i was like oh, i'm gonna take their longest road stretch and i was like this is perfect i'll pull the trigger on this because they're going to be playing their western games i don't want to be up until 3 a.m out east watching this and I, I i planned it for that reason and i absent-mindedly <laughs> planned this trip during my roommate's birthday. It's on Wednesday. Oh, well, so I won't be I'm sure he'll get over that. It. So he'll just be by himself, not watching baseball with Coomsey. Devastating stuff just because I had to be in the mountain time zone to watch West Coast baseball. Uh, terrible moves by me. I'm a I terrible have, person. I have always been adamant that the mountain time zone is the absolute best time zone to be a sports Easily. fan. Like, I get, I get the Jays games out here for our listeners in Toronto. Like, come on. I'm watching these games five. starting at 5 o'clock. It's unreal. You sit down. I mean, I'm an old man, so I eat dinner at five o'clock every night. Sometimes a little bit earlier than that, if I'm being honest. Um, but like sitting down and watching a Jays game at five o'clock, it's done by like eight. And you still have like a couple hours of your evening to like get out in the summer and like do shit. Or have a meltdown about the Jays game. Or that. I was so pissed off when they were down seven to two or whatever that I went and I was like, this is not going to be how my Sunday ends. So I like went and I booked a tea time and I was like so pissed off. I wasn't even going to watch the end of the game. I was like, I'm going fucking golfing and I'm pretending that this goddamn baseball team doesn't exist. And then they won and it was a very enjoyable round of golf anyways. So. Yeah, the mountain time zone is perfect. Like yeah. 5 p.m. starts so ideal and then so that cool. ends and you're like, okay, like I can... And then it gives you the, it, it, it puts you in the perfect situation to have like a, a secondary team. Like that's how I started watching the Dodgers. It was okay. like immediately after... Like in 2017, immediately after the Jays would lose 6-1 to whoever, I would put on a Dodgers game and they would win. And I was like, yes, I'm going to cheer for this team. Uh, the, so the Jays start the series with two against the Angels. The first one, it's a doubleheader on Tuesday. Uh, the first one's a home game. So if the Jays were to walk off the Angels in that game, it would be their fourth, fourth. stadium that they've picked up a walk-off in. Dunedin, Buffalo, Buffalo, and Toronto. Toronto, and then L.A., I think that'd be hilarious. So the first team since like the Orioles in the 80s to do it at three different ballparks. So it'd be cool if they did it. Why did the Orioles do that in three different ballparks? I would assume like rain delays or something. Related stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, Anyway, so two against the Angels kicks this thing off. And the starters for the Jays and those are going to be Mats and Stripling. Uh, Matt's quite quite the change of scenery from Ray and Barrios. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. You're going to need to get the bats going. Um, Rodriguez and Suarez are going for the Angels. And then on Wednesday, the Jays get back to their more quality pitchers. Not that the two on Tuesday have done anything wrong as of late, but I'm just a little bit more confident when Alec Manoa is on the bump against one Dylan Bundy and his 6.14 ERA. The dude is not That's that That's how good. bad he's been, really. He was really good last year. 
Yeah, no, fade Dylan Bundy all the time. Um, and then the Jays will wrap up the series on Thursday. Barrios versus Otani. That's a fun one. That'll be a really fun one. Hopefully the Jays can get to Otani. Hopefully Vlad hits like three home runs off Otani and then overtakes him for the lead. Yeah, the nice thing about Otani pitching is he's not hitting. So that yes. makes the Angels lineup quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the Otani Guerrero thing is going to be fascinating. Guerrero right now is two back of Shohei Otani. And as someone who put money on Vlad Guerrero at the beginning of the season at 70 to one to lead the majors in home runs, I am watching this week. Uh, How much range you put on that? Uh, not, not that much. Not enough to like, you know, do anything significant with. But I put a little did bit. Did you put money on him winning MVP too? No, I just did. Uh, my only MVP bet I did this year was Acuna. So that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I took, I just looked at it. I had like, whatever, a little bit of money left in my account. Uh, when the baseball season started and I did a little futures betting and I was like, fuck it, Vladdy to explode. I think I did it like right after we recorded a podcast too. I was like, he's going to explode and he's going to go off and it might work. I'm looking at the angels right now and they're 56 and 56. And as always with the angels, you'd think they should be better. They're um, 27 and 44 against teams above 500. Okay. And Mike Trout is still six on the team and wins despite the fact he's played like 13 games this season. Yeah. Well, he played 36 games and he got hurt and he's still hurt. And I don't think he's going to be back for this series. I hope not. I don't I, believe so. I googled Mike Trout, and it wasn't really like clear on when he's coming back. So that would make it seem as though he will not be back this mm-hmm. week, which is ideal. It's not what you want. Um, we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. We mentioned the out of town scoreboard and kind of what to keep an eye on here. The Yankees are starting a series against the Royals, so that's not exactly ideal from the perspective of the Yankees finally starting to lose some ball games. Um, elsewhere, Cleveland is hosting Oakland. So hopefully Cleveland can pick up a few wins. But again, Cleveland's also in the race, too. So it's like, yeah, uh, I guess. No, they're pretty far back. They're 54 and 55. So you'd rather just see Oakland lose those games. That's fine. I'd I'd like to see a Cleveland sweep. Um, And then the Red Sox go head to head against the Rays. So at that point, I'm not even entirely sure what I think this is a tough one. But my logic here is, all right, we know the Rays are good. Let's have them just end Boston season right now. Sweep them. Kill them. And then the Red Sox are no longer a problem. And yeah, that sucks that the Rays are still up. Mm-hmm. But I think we're worried more about the wild card right now. So your wild card opponent losing games, I think, is more ideal. That's fair. I think. If if the Jays were to take, you know, three or four against uh, against the Angels, though, and Boston were to somehow sweep the Rays, then all of a sudden the Jays are right back in the picture for the AL East, which would be interesting, but I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. Yeah. I think I'd rather just have Boston really fall out, have the Jays pass them, and have them, you know, have one less team to have to jump over to get back into the playoff picture here. So that's the out-of-town scoreboard as the Jays get ready for four against the LA Angels. Uh, it should be good. Like I said, Otani versus Guerrero, and then in the series finale, you get Otani on the mound against the Jays offense. So there's plenty of storylines heading into this and hopefully the Jays can keep the ball rolling on the road trip. Like Hazel may joked with, with, with uh, George Springer after the game. I'm sure they had a very fun chartered flight out to LA. It's a long, a bit of a long flight, yeah, like a half hour flight, but I'm sure it was a very, very good time. Yeah, I'm sure they had a the blast Toronto Blue Jays and hopefully they can set their sights on just keeping the ball rolling here, man. And we can have a fun little stretch of ball. Yeah. Just got to keep winning. And then after that, they're into Seattle. And then another uh, uh, couple games against Washington, they're bad. Mm-hmm. A few games against the Tigers, they're bad. And then it gets difficult opponent, White Sox. So it's just, you know, you got to win these games. The Angels are not very good. Yeah. Four games here, you got to win three. Yeah, absolutely. You got to win three of them. Hopefully, uh, when we talk next, 
We're talking about the Jays just being right outside of that second wild card spot, Coombsy. Uh, appreciate you flying all the way out to Edmonton just to do this podcast. Yeah, I'm with flying me. back uh, tonight. Yeah, heading back tonight. Um, <laughs> just like the Jays, you you had a good time on a charter, and now you're uh, you're heading home. Yeah, but right. uh, this was good. We'll chat again soon. Blue Jays Nation, episode 36. Shout out to DoorDash and Twig and Berries. We'll chat with you after four in Los Angeles. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.